Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Schwan. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Schwan. And on Twitter, it's Mike Schwan CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TaylorCurrySK. Carter Kennington, you can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Don't forget to also follow the podcast. You can follow us at True North CF Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And go like our Facebook page at True North Canadian Football Podcast. So, well, for full transparency here, uh, I was up in the mountains and did not see any of the games this week, uh, with the exception of one clip I was briefly shown before recording. Kind of wanted to go into this. I felt like it'd be an interesting pod if I was just go- to go in with the perspective of not knowing anything that happened and then just have the guys tell me what went wrong because there there were some weird results this week. So, starting off with some CFL news. Alouettes signed former Stamps DB Raheem Wilson. W signing for them. Dane Evans uh, sat out again on practice. Uh, sat down. Ugh. Lost my tongue. All right, Dane Evans sat out again at practice Monday and Tuesday. William Powell did not practice on Monday. Elks cut. Akeem Butler, Charles Nelson, and DB Ethan Maconzo. Uh, If you saw that last name and were like, what the hell? It's not the fourth overall pick of last year's draft. It is uh, his older brother. So, no need to worry there. Um, Andrew Harris is to miss four to six weeks with a torn pectoral muscle. Argo's wide receiver Cam Phillips is going to be out three to four weeks with a groin injury. Dean Carey was limited at practice Tuesday. And then, move that made me happy. Uh, Riders cut O-lineman Nate Rogers and Jacob Prowl. So, Glad Rogers, who just committed penalties nonstop, is off the team. And Prowl was the guy who just refused to block. So, there you go. And then, to get into some NFL preseason slash uh, former CFL news, uh, the Dolphins cut former Red Blacks return star Devontae Dedman. Bryson John was waived by the Bears. Strevolution reached the New York Jets uh, on their game as he led a game-winning drive with under two minutes left. And he's kind of fighting for a spot with them, so that's impressive. Good for him. CFL had its highest scoring week of the 2022 season, which makes me mad that I missed it. Riders wide receiver Kyron Moore cleared to return to the team. Jack Evans was limited. Uh, unfortunately, Garrett Marino is also coming off suspension, and this week, Pete Robertson is expected to practice, who used to be the sack leader. And then we have a de- another departure from the CFL's uh, broadcasting crew. Sarah Orleski ha- is leaving TSN and won't be doing CFL coverage anymore to take a job with the Winnipeg Jets. So, congratulations to her. And 
let's jump into some of the results. This this was interesting to me. Montreal takes down the big bad bombers of all the teams we expected to beat Winnipeg. I did not expect it to be Montreal. 20 to 17. Now, as I didn't see any of the games, I didn't prepare the questions. This was all Taylor and Carter here, so. Do you blame the loss solely on Legio? Uh, I mean, like, I'm not a Bomber fan, but I mean, just kind of from an outsider, I would see how you would, but there was also, like, yeah, it's tough, because there were some plays where they let Montreal get farther than they wanted to and stuff and score a little more than they honestly wanted to, but those two kicks, I mean, they weren't 56-yarders with 60K wins in in the winter. Not saying it was a cakewalk, but I've seen harder kicks. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough, but I think definitely some of it falls on his shoulders. I mean, yeah, you look at it. It's, you gotta blame him for a portion of it, right? Because he had a he had the opportunity to end the game, and then he had the opportunity to extend the game. Um, but at the same time, it's like Montreal shouldn't have been at Montreal should not had been at seventeen points to begin with. Like there were other situations. Plus. Winnipeg should have had more than 17 before that fumble and like um and with the other point it was the um the offside at the one. So when you see something like that happen, it's like the whole team fell apart. This was not the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that um that Mike O'Shea is used to seeing, that any of them are used to seeing, most of all the fans. Um so yeah, you can absolutely blame the loss on Legio, but you can also blame the loss on a lot of other members of the team as well. That sounds fair for me. Again, I didn't see anything uh, aside from a couple of clips of this game. And yeah, Legio had the opportunity to end it and tie it and missed both, which sucks for him because he's actually had a really good year this year. So just didn't have it in him this week, I guess. And then you think Montreal has the ability to turn their season around after beating the only undefeated team? Where will they end up in the standings? Um, you know, I I don't know if it's a <clears throat> a season pivoter, but it's definitely got to bring some like big motivation to them. And they play uh, Hamilton and Ottawa and BC in their next three games. So I mean, they could win another two games in a row, and they're basically they, like they could be in first place potentially. So, uh, it it definitely could be, but uh, it should be huge motivation for them at the very minimum yeah um i think if they're gonna turn their season around i mean if it doesn't happen now it's not going to happen Mm -hmm. um so i think that um i think that this is where you start to see a uh i think this is where you're gonna see montreal kind of start to be what we expected montreal to be because i think we all had higher aspirations for them than what happened at the start of the season so i think this is where we're gonna start to see like the Montreal Alouettes again. That's fair. I think um I was gonna say, yeah, there's some teams that have kinda turned it around in the east as of late. Like I look at Hamilton as another example of that. I think they've kind of woken up a little bit too and certainly the East is looking a little bit more competitive. So hopefully yeah Montreal can turn their season around. And then Winnipeg plays Calgary and Saskatchewan twice for the next three weeks. Have you lost faith in Winnipeg and think they will start to struggle? 
Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that faith is lost. Like, I mean, I got BC number one in my power rankings this week, but Winnipeg is still the best team in the league, I'd say. Um, and yeah, like it's 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 still it's one game. It's not the season. You know, it wasn't a playoff game that this happened in. It was one game, and they're gonna get over it, and they're gonna move on, and they're gonna kick, keep kicking butt across the league. Like maybe they'll struggle with Calgary. I still still think they win, but I think they're going back to back with Sask for wins this year. Um, unfortunately. Um. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, um, have I lost faith? No. This was a team that played ten games straight, and it just looked like it finally caught up with them. Um, this team is going to have a lot of rest over the next little bit because they have all three of their bye weeks to go still. Plus, I mean, if they're able to keep going at the rate that they're going, it's going to be a very, like, it's going to be hard for anybody to knock them off of first in the West, so they'll get another rest week there. So um, I think you're going to see a, uh, a an even stronger Winnipeg going forward now. I think um, um, I'd be more worried if I was the other teams now, especially because they have... Uh, They've experienced the loss, and I'm sure they don't want to have that happen again. For sure. And I look at Winnipeg this year. Some undefeated teams, like I believe the former Edmonton Eskimos, had one year where they were also kind of undefeated for a long period of time, and then they went and lost a bunch of games, and then they came back and won a bunch. It was a very streaky year for them. I don't know. I don't think Winnipeg is like that. I think they're just going to bounce back and kind of learn from the loss there and move on. And yeah, um, I think Calgary might be a struggle. Not going to lie. But I also think they sweep Sass this year. I, I don't think we have it, what it takes to beat them. And if we are going to, it's going to be the Labor Day Classic and it's going to be a very close game. So. On to our next game of the week here. Hamilton defeated the Argos 34-27. to Now, did Hamilton win this game, or did Toronto lose it? So someone fill me in here. What happened? Well, uh, Hamilton scored 17 points in the third quarter to Toronto's three. They just couldn't, like, Toronto could not get anything moving in the fourth quarter, and it, it, it bit them in the butt, because that's 17 points put them ahead there. So, you know what, I'm going to say Hamilton won the game because they've been losing so many, but you know what, Toronto partially did lose the game because they were up uh, they were up quite substantially at halftime and uh, going like going into it, it just seemed like they had the game, but then Hamilton turned on the gears in the third and fourth quarter there and came back with the win, so uh, you don't see that much for them. So I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say that they won this game. Yeah, I think um, like the Argos, when you talk about a team losing a game, you're either talking about like a super monumental collapse or like a team getting absolutely smoked. And so I think this was not like a super monumental collapse. I think it was more of a comeback. I don't think it was Toronto shooting themselves in the foot as much as it was Hamilton actually starting to put the pressure on. So I would say that they won this game. It's interesting to hear that with Hamilton, they were the ones on the other side of a possible choke. So I guess good for them. <laughs> and then, should Hamilton be in a rush to put Dane Evans back in as a starter? You know, like, uh, I think once he gets back, you do put him in. But with Schultz actually getting the win and, like, they pulled it off in the fourth quarter, 
not that he had the best game of all time by CFL standards by any means, but like he still got that win. So, uh, and Dane hasn't been able to do it consistently this year. So you at least have to be considering your options. I, I'd say at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's a little bit worrisome. Um, when we're looking at um Dane Evans coming back, like it, it's weird because like every time there's been some sort of controversy, he's come back and done well in terms of QB controversy, and then he gets his shot, and it's now we start to see the problems. So I don't, I I feel like you want to put him back in as soon as he gets healthy again because maybe he still has a little bit of that magic left. But yeah, it's it's a it's a rough situation for sure. Yeah, and. Yeah, can't comment on how the game went, but I feel like Schultz is a good enough backup that you can afford to wait for Dane Evans. I don't think you need to rush him back and that's true do, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. do kind of what the Riders did with Fajardo and kind of leave him out while he's still injured. I think you know with Schultz, you can definitely kind of let him rest and get healthy. And I think this coaching staff is smart enough to do that. And then with Andrew Harris sidelined. For at least four to six weeks, how much will that affect the Argos going forward? Uh, well, I think it's going to be pretty big because there's a a big drop off from Harris to Olet, and nothing against Olet, but he's just not Harris. So, uh, there were some big games where Harris was the deciding factor this year, like really helped them get their uh, a couple wins. So, I think going forward, it's going to be a huge loss for them, and it's going to be. Interesting to see how they fill that hole. Uh, shout out to DJ Foster. Really miss him in the league right now. Um, yeah, it's certainly a scary situation if you are um, an Argonaut fan. Just, you know, Andrew Harris was one of, if not the biggest signing that you've had. And now the issue that he had in Winnipeg this past year is starting to crop up again, where it's just he wasn't on the field a lot. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And uh I'm almost uh I yeah I I'd, I'd I'd be panicking if I was a uh, if I was an Argo fan that's what I'll say. Yeah, um I'm kind of with you on that. Harris is a guy you win cuz of in this league still. Uh he might not be the best running back in the league anymore, but he is very good and he will get you, you know, some drives, uh some scoring drives you otherwise wouldn't have had. So I think it's a a big loss for the Argos going forward. Um, if they choose to start Olette or their Canadian guy, um, that's kind of up for debate. But yeah, that it's definitely going to hurt them for a little while here. And then this game, which looks like it was a close one, BC narrowly narrowly beating the Stamps to McMahon, forty-one to forty. So thoughts on Bo's performance. Where do you think Calgary ends up in the standings? Where do you think they're headed? Uh, well, you know, they're like Saskatchewan only has one more loss than them right now. So just kind of see where they were and where they are now. And they're not getting those wins anymore that are these kind of tight games like this. It's, it's not good, but it doesn't seem like they're heading in the right direction. And, uh, you know, Bo didn't have the worst game of his career, but he definitely didn't have a like the best game either. He didn't have any turnovers, but he just wasn't he wasn't able to get it deep a whole bunch. Like, yeah, what his longest pass was yeah, under thirty yards and 
Yeah, he just he wasn't there. Under 60% completion too. He just he didn't seem like he could get them there where they needed those couple extra points and just that little more out of them to get that win and BC came and stole it in the last minute and a half there. So, yeah. Uh not looking good for them if they're going to keep this up. Yeah, it's um it's been worrisome for uh for Bowley by Mitchell just for the for Calgary. You want to go the last um how I was talking about how it's hard to uh give away a game. Yeah, try giving up twenty points in the fourth. That'll that'll yeah. do it, in my opinion. Um Exactly. Yeah, absolute collapse and ten total points in the second half from Calgary when you're playing against BC. I don't care how well you play in the first quarter, not or in the first half, not gonna do it against this BC Lions team. Damn. And and where do I think I'm gonna they're gonna finish up in the standings? I mean, obviously, I think they're going to finish in the playoffs, but I'd say third or fourth. Ooh, interesting third or fourth. For me, Um, can't comment too much on the game, but I will say I think Calgary is third team in the West. I think it's going to be Winnipeg and BC at the top, and we're all just living in their world at this point. So <laughs> until showing otherwise that's kind of where i think Calgary is and then where would you rank brian burnham among the cfl wide receivers this year yeah it's uh it's interesting just i i noticed a comment from one of our friends the other day that there was a reporter that said he was not like one of the best receivers in the league and yeah he's not in the touch or top 10 for receiving yards he is in the top 10 for touchdowns but you know, I probably I'm still putting him in the top ten. There's some really good receivers this year that you could put above him, like performance wise. But he's definitely still a top ten guy in my mind. Yeah, I was gonna say he'd be in like the uh, he'd be in like the um, around like the ten, like you know, like around like eight to ten ish, like around that mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been hurt for a bit too. So for me, I I factor that into my rankings for the current year and. I think, yeah, he's around that, like, 8 or 9 range, maybe 10, like, right at 10. But, yeah, this has been a really good year for receivers that, you know, Brian Burnham is down that far. Uh, But, yeah, for me, that's kind of where I rank him overall. And then, in your opinion, did Calgary lose this game or did BC win it? Well, like BC definitely turned the burners on, but for like just like to, like what uh, Carter said there, you give up tw- like twenty points in the fourth quarter, doesn't matter. Like yeah, you just they lost it. You can't give up twenty points and expect to win in one quarter like that, especially against BC. Sorry guys, I didn't see that this was one of the talking points. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, you know my opinion. You know my opinion on this. <laughs> oh yeah, fair enough. And then. Yeah, I can't really comment, so we'll move on. So, for this next game, Saskatchewan did beat the Elks, thankfully, 34-23. to So what kind of quarterback do you think Cody Fajardo is? Is he a game manager, elite, or just average? I just, I want to say I wrote this question too, and then I just, there's been a lot of talk about Cody lately, so I thought we should talk about it a bit, and... Uh, you know, he only had 130 yards in this game, and like, he, he did not have his best game. Uh, special teams and defense really helped win the Riders that game. So right now, like, he honestly see like, he's he's not elite. I don't think he's average, but it seems like he's a game manager right now. Like, 
if his defense and special teams plays really well, his team can win. But if he craps the bed, the team doesn't do well. So right, yeah, right now I'm saying he's a game manager. I want him to do better, but he's got to prove it first. I'd say he's better than a game manager, but um, it's just tough because you don't know. It's like you just don't know what type of Cody Fajardo you're gonna get. It's almost like his just it's his reliability has kind of gone down the drain a little bit. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call him a game manager just yet. He can still get you, uh, like he can still net you wins. But I do, I do agree with what you said, where it's like, um, the team is like, it's like basically however he plays is going to be indicative of how the rest of the team is going to perform. Mm-hmm. Sure. And for me, at least I'm kind of in the same boat as James and his assessment was Fajardo is. Game manager can't play from behind. Um, I don't think he's a guy who wins you games anymore. Uh, I don't think 2019 Cody is coming back. Uh, I I don't even know if he's a guy you can win with anymore at this point. Um, all I'm going to say is I'd like to see Trevor Harris here next year to push for Jardo and see who would kind of win that battle in terms of uh, just what we do next year, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't think Cody cuts the mustard right now. And then, well, uh, where did Edmonton lose this game? Offense, defense, or special teams? You know, I'm I'm gonna say uh special teams and defense, just because they gave up that big crucial touchdown before half on uh, special teams, like with Mer uh Alfred Mer- Mario Alfred getting the touchdown. And uh, just kind of, they let the Riders get uh, those few extra points that they needed in the third and fourth quarter there. So uh, I'm going to say that because Taylor Cornelius, like he didn't play bad. He had over 200. He did have a turnover, but their run game was nothing. So then he turned on the burners and got 86 yards. So uh, I don't think they were necessarily at fault because even Lawler had a good game too and stuff. So yeah, I'm going to say it's the defense and special teams. Yeah, no, the offense definitely did their part, I feel like, or about as well as they could have done. Um, A defense giving up 34 against a Saskatchewan team that is kind of starting to lose its luster is not a great look. So I'd put more Mm -hmm. of the onus on the defense. Fair enough, and again, I can't really comment because I didn't see it. Um, Sask plays BC back-to-back and Winnipeg back-to-back in the next four weeks. What do you think their record will be? What are we at now? We're five and four. Honestly, I'm, and it sucks to say as a Ryder fan, but I think we're going one and three in that stretch. So, what six and seven will be in the next four weeks, which is very unfortunate. Like I don't see Calgary losing the next three of their four. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna be hurting if that's the way it goes. I just haven't like like we said earlier, can't go against Winnipeg right now. They're just. We're not at that level. And then even BC's up there with them too. And I don't see how we compete. Maybe we get lucky on Labor Day or maybe we get lucky this week against BC. That's the only time I'm thinking though. I would say I would say your best bet would probably be Labor Day and catching the Bombers with their pants down. Yeah. I'm kind of with you there, I think. If not one and three, I think you're 0 and 4 just because I don't think you're beating BC. Uh, Winnipeg, again... Maybe because of the rivalry, you get one on Labor Day, but that's about it. And yeah, I remember someone made a comment that 
first half of the Riders' schedule was hard. It's like, bro, did you see like this next half here? And I don't think people were, but, 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 but at the same time, I don't think people were expecting BC to be this nuts. No, this yeah. was like right before our bye week. Someone said this, so I was like, we oh, knew what oh, B- okay. we that's, knew what BC then. were. You know, that's weird. I thought you meant like at the beginning of the season. Oh no, like someone was like, oh yeah, you know, we had a tough bit. It's like you played the East how many times and lost. You know, like yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's an, it's going to be an ugly time in Rider Nation. I think after those four weeks, and then. Let's go on to power rankings. So I'll start. And again, I'm going off score here. So my power rankings are probably going to be out of funk with everybody else. But I've got BC and Calgary 1 and 2 because from the score, it looks like that game could have gone either way. Um, Winnipeg drops the third just because they dropped uh, a game this week. Um, Hamilton kind of becoming that litmus test team now at number 4. Argos in 5th. Uh, Saskatchewan 6th, Montreal 7th, Ottawa 8th, and Elks in the basement. Yeah, where they belong. Uh, yeah, we're we're a little different this week. I got BC 1, uh, Winnipeg 2. I don't think Winnipeg should fall too far. Like They're still the best in the, in the league right now. Uh, Calgary at 3, Hamilton at 4, just because they have been pulling off a couple wins lately. Uh, and then I got Sask below them, uh, M- Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa, and then, yeah, Edmonton in the basement. Just not looking good for them right now. They're just losing bad. Um, for myself, um, when it came to the top of the ladder for me, I had to sit there and think, do I think that the way that the Bombers played are indicative of how they're going to be going forward? And that is no. Um, and so the reason I have them at number one is because I feel like after rest, they're going to be there. And I really don't like the concept of bringing them down and then bringing them back up after a bye week, you know? So I've got Winnipeg one, then BC two, Calgary three, Hamilton four. Um, I like what you said about the litmus test as well. Um, Saskatchewan five, Toronto six, Montreal seven, Ottawa eight, and Edmonton in ninth. All right, enough. And let's jump to CFL fantasy here. And. For this one, your best positional options for quarterback, I have quarterback Nathan Rourke, uh, even though he is he has hit the max this week, boys. He's hit 14 grand, <laughs> which is the most a player has ever been. So I think the only two players to hit that mark are Mike Riley and... Brandon and Banks at one point. I was going to say, don't forget Speedy B, yeah. Yeah, who you can now get. For value pick money, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's expensive work. NBT or Caleb Evans? Is there anybody else you might be taking? No, I mean, I got NBT in my lineup right now. And I'm kind of debating Caleb Evans. If you want to get risky, you can go Cody Fajardo, but it's a lot of money to get risky with this week. Yeah, no, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Caleb Evans because I really like how a lot of these Ottawa players look against Edmonton. I just I don't think Edmonton's gonna bring it as much as they'll need to in order to take down Ottawa. For sure, and Carter kind of talked me back into it. I initially had Caleb Evans, and then when I was make when I was writing this fantasy part up, I switched it to MBT. It's because last time we saw Caleb Evans, it was not good, but. 
then I switched it back just because it's Edmonton and Ottawa is a better team than Edmonton, even though they're like eight and nine in the power rankings. There is a gap there. So I kind of I want to pick Caleb Evans uh, this week just because I think there's upside there. And then running backs. Uh, let me just comment that. Heckin' running back is rough right now because basically all your high-end guys are hurt except for Jamal Morrow, and he didn't have a great week last week. So, my list right now consists of Don Jackson, William Powell, Ouellette, and Mills. Any other running backs you've taken? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Peyton Logan for the Calgary Stampeders. Not like he, yes, he hasn't been the best on offense, but... He has been getting those kick returns for the past. Like, he's been doing really good on special teams, and he had one against BC this week. So if they're going up against Calgary, he could, or against Toronto, sorry, he could do it again and get you some points there. Um, For myself, I'm going with the, uh, the Morrow-Powell combo. Fair enough. And for me, I'm going Ouellette and Powell, because I think Powell, even though he hasn't been super productive, Edmonton's run D is terrible, and yeah, and again, it's Slim Peggins right now, so I think Powell should probably be in your lineup, and then... Well, you gotta watch those injury reports, though, because he hasn't practiced at all this week, so just be careful. Yep. With the asterisks, uh, I will say this all the time, check the depth charts, and you will have all of them before the games start this week, because we do not have a Thursday game, so you will have all your death charts out for every single game Friday, by Friday, and so you'll be able to make those decisions this week, which will be nice. And then, wide receiver, I've got Lucky Whitehead, Duke Williams, Brian Burnham, Kenny Lawler, Steve Dunbar, Tim White, Navaris Daniels, Keon Hatcher, Nate Bahar, Ryan Davis, and Reggie White. Any other receivers you're considering? No, I got Duke Williams, DeVaris Daniels in mind. I will say, like we've said, it's picked uh, tough pickings right now, so I do have Kai Loxley in my lineup, but I think that's just temporary. Um, As for myself in my fantasy for my receivers, currently I have got Tim White and DeVarius Daniels. Yeah. Fair enough, and... All right, so lastly, we've got defense, and I actually do have a defense this week picked. It's Calgary's defense. Just because without Andrew Harris, uh, and Calgary is being like a legit team, I think Toronto's going to struggle a fair bit. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm picking that defense this week. Uh, any other defenses you guys would consider? No, I really don't think. I mean, you Montreal had a good performance against Winnipeg's offense, so you could go with their defense against Hamilton because if uh, Dane Evans is still out, Matthew Schultz is there. You never know. Yeah, I am not rolling with my own uh, with or with with any defense this week. Um, I've really fallen off the defense wagon. Um, this year I used to pick him like every week, and now this year I feel like I've only done it once. Fair enough, and then. On to our value picks. Uh, Slim Pickens. I have Bruce Anderson the third, and if you're wondering who, uh, he's the guy filling in for James Butler right now. Um, had nine carries for 37 yards, but 
did a lot of damage in the passing game. It looks like six uh, receptions for 35 yards. So uh, he, he, he might be an interesting value pick. And then Tevin Jones for the Riders. Um, I feel like if they cut Prowl, that's a vote of confidence for Jones, who I think has shown a little bit more um, recently. And I think he he might have earned himself a, a permanent starting position as that boundary slot back. And then my last one is Sean Bain. And he is filling in for somebody. I believe it's Henry. Um, played really well. Uh, five receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown last week. So if he is still filling in, I think he is a great, uh, pick for minimum salary and then yeah those are all my value picks for the week it's slim pickings anybody else you guys saw yeah i got i actually got uh two here for you i am gonna say i mean you could go brandon banks you never know he's only 3481 but somebody keep somebody to keep your eye on too is jalen philpot of calgary got his first touchdown last week but it seems like they're starting to go his way a bit more so uh, for twenty five hundred bucks, he could be worth it for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with that. I like that just because, yeah, they are starting to get him involved a little bit more on the offense. Um, only had three receptions though, and he's probably that field wide receiver that is usually the designated kicking spot. Uh, again, I'd have to look at Calgary's depth chart, but I feel like that's what he's going to be for right now. Um, yeah, for minimum salary, that's not a bad pick. And then let's go to our locks. For me, uh, it's Kenny Lawler. Because I'm kind of going cheap at quarterback and running back this week, I can be a little bougie with my receivers. And I feel like Lawler has been productive despite the quality of quarterback play from Edmonton. So he is a guy that I think is worth grabbing um, this week. Since you have a little bit more money. Oh, fair. Um, I am going with uh, Jamal Morrow with my lock this week. I just, uh, he didn't have the best week last week. He only had 46 yards on the ground and he only had one catch or two catches for one yard. But uh, I see him having a bounce back week at home in Saskatchewan this week. And if things get bad for Cody, they're going to hand it off or pitch it off or dump it off to him quite a bit, I think. So uh, yeah, I think Jamal Morrow is a good pick this week. Uh, for myself, I'm actually going with Caleb Evans. Again, I'm, I really like um, Ottawa going into this game against Edmonton, and I feel like Caleb Evans is starting to sort of figure it out a little more each week. Fair enough. And then let's jump to our predictions in one thing. So for Ottawa versus the Elks, I have Ottawa winning this game, and my one thing I'm looking forward to is to see if Caleb Evans can kind of bounce back after a really rough uh, week before they had their bye here. Yeah, I, I'm going the same way. I got Ottawa, and I'm actually kind of leaning the same way. I just, I really want to see if uh, the the flash we got of Caleb Evans was just a flash, or if he's going to come and uh, really like step up and try to be a leader on this team while Mazzoli's gone. Um, for myself, um, yeah, I'm also lining up with Ottawa. I'm really excited to see how, um, I'm, well, I'm excited to see if this comes to fruition. And for the Edmonton side of things, I'm 
excited to see if they're able to finally flip the switch. Now let's move on to the BC uh, Saskatchewan game. Even though this is at home for the Riders, I think BC is winning this game. And one thing I'm looking forward to is uh, seeing Nathan Rourke live is going to be nice. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. Uh, you know, the last time we seen him live a few weeks ago, it wasn't so nice. So not not looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, in uh, terms I, of being a Rider fan, yeah, but as as a yeah. fan of Canadians. Nice to see. It's good, yeah. Um, oh, well, I'm going BC this week, unfortunately, but what I am looking forward to seeing, and it contradicts my pick, is just seeing if Saskatchewan can stand on their own against uh, arguably the second-best team in the league this year. Um, yeah, I just if they can hold their own and maybe somehow pull out a win, I think that's a huge confidence booster going for, forward for them. So, yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Uh, yeah, I'm going with BC. Uh, I'm excited to see how Saskatchewan's defense can handle Nathan Rourke. I feel like that's going to be my question with all of them now and sort of what I'm going to be looking at. But uh, it's just it's fun to see, like, he just dismantles everybody that he plays. And so I'm excited to see if uh, if the trend is going to continue or not. Fair enough. And then... I'm going Hamilton versus Montreal here. I'm taking Hamilton and I'm going against the grain here. And one thing I want to see is does Gary Stern guarantee a win? Because if he does, <laughs> I might have to change picks here. <laughs> hey, you got it right last week. <laughs> um, I got Montreal actually this week. I'm not guaranteeing it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take Montreal. And something I'm looking forward to is uh, seeing Trevor Harris, uh, you know, just a good competition of East and seeing if he can build off uh, that good team win last week because his defense played pretty well. He played all right, but I just I want to see if he can really build off that and really, like, expand his game this year. Uh, yeah, so I'm also going Montreal. Um, also, if you guarantee a win every week, you lose your value. Not <laughs> guaranteeing wins. <laughs> yep. It's like, he was like, he started he started going nuts on Twitter after he beat the Bombers. And it's like, <laughs> sure, you do that because you beat the Bombers. That's fair enough. But you can't be like, I called it. You should believe me when I say, like, whatever. It's like, dude, what? You what? say it every week. Yeah, yeah, I said it the week before. So it's like, bro. Like, if I, like dude, okay. Um, but anyway, um, I'm still going Montreal. And I, for this game, I am just excited to see uh, if, uh, even though I'm picking Montreal, I'm excited to see what Shields can do with Hamilton. Fair enough. And then, so for this next game, it's Calgary versus Toronto. I've got Calgary winning this. And one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing if they continue to work Jalen Philpot into the offense. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. I really hope they do. Um, yeah, I am also taking Calgary this week, and something I'm looking forward to seeing is just with Andrew Harris out, what the Toronto Argonauts are going to do for the run game, whether they're going to split time between a couple guys they have back there, or just to see if they kind of abandon it entirely like uh, Hamilton does for most of the time. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, for myself, I'm going with Calgary, and I am excited to see how uh, Bo Levi Mitchell is going to respond to uh, throwing away that game against BC. I'm excited to see angry Bo Levi Mitchell. 
for sure. That'll be fun. And then for off the pod activities, um, as I kind of mentioned already, um, I was out in the mountains, uh, near Hinton Jasper area because my one of my older cousins got married. So I was off in a place that was just outside of Hinton. Um, Overall, it was a nice trip. We got to drive uh, to Calgary the first night and stayed at a place just across from McMahon, so that was kind of cool. Got to walk over there and explore. And then headed up through the mountains, so that was nice. And then, yeah, wedding ended up being good, too. Only real complaint was place we stayed at did advertise wi-fi so i assumed i'd be able to watch the games and it was like dial-up quality internet so that was not happening <laughs> so yeah. yeah that that was my week uh well my off the pod has been uh got, really got into better call Saul a few weeks ago and realized that the finale was last night so i got it all wrapped up i uh, actually had time to uh sneak break and bat in there in my evenings and uh yeah got it all wrapped up and the finale of the show was last night it was incredible uh the breaking bad universe is shut down for now uh it's it's just yeah it's been amazing one of my favorite shows and one of the best shows of all time so it was just uh to get some closure last night was nice yeah as for myself um i've been on my ableton grind um i spent a thousand bucks for it so i'm not gonna not uh, try and spend as much time on it as I can, and who knows, maybe even turn it into a career a couple of years down the uh, down the line. Fair enough. And then I believe that wraps up the show. Thank you all for listening. Once again, I will plug our socials. Um, you can follow the show at Sure North CF Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and go like our Facebook page, True North Canadian Football Podcast. Um. And if you want to listen to the show, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Um, I've been your host, Mike Schwan. This is the True North Canadian Football Podcast signing off.